You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. My name is Catherine, and this is my story. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, in a Christian home, and I gave my life to Jesus at six years old. I just graduated from high school, and Mike just had just graduated from college. He was working at a school as a math teacher where my mom was the secretary. And she decided that I needed to meet him, so I told her to come, told her to tell him he could come to church and I would meet him there. We met in December of 1992. He asked me to marry him four months later, and we were married a year after that. We just celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary. We waited for about 10 years of being married before we decided we wanted to have a baby. We got pregnant right away, and at our 14-week checkup, we found that our baby's heart had quit beating. Later, after tests had been run, we found out that it was a little boy and he had Down syndrome and his heart was just too weak. About a year after that, we got pregnant again and I was having some problems. So we went to the doctor and once again they said, no baby. About a week later, we went in for pre-op questions before the uh, DNC and my husband asked, can we do one more ultrasound? When the doctor did the ultrasound, he looked at us and said, people must have been praying for you. We've got a heartbeat. And that was our precious Micah, our little boy who is now four and a half years old. About a year after that, we got pregnant with our sweetest little Carrington, who just turned one this past February. She is the first girl in the Peak family. At six months postpartum after I had Carrington, a lump popped up on my right breast and a few days later was thickening and swelling. I went to the doctor, had a mammogram, biopsy, MRI and PET scan all within about a week and was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. When I first found out I had cancer, I was completely devastated. I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have a four-year-old, I have a six-month-year-old baby girl. What am I gonna do? I don't know how much long I have to live. Do I have six months, a year? Who knows? But at the same time, I was in peace knowing that this is part of God's will, even though no matter how much I don't like what's going on right now, but God has a plan, and this is part of it for my life right right now. When we first found out I had cancer, so many people were asking me, why, why, why does this young person have cancer? Much worse that it has spread to um, so many major organs in, in my body, and I was thinking, well, why not? What excludes me from this whole situation? It could be anyone, so why not me, a 36-year-old mother, a, a four-year-old and a one-year-old? That's just how it is, and no matter what, God has a plan in this whole thing for me, and it's okay. It'll be okay. In February 2010, after about six months of uh, chemotherapy, um, we had our latest PET scan to see if the chemotherapy was working in uh, my body. And the results of the PET scan showed that they could not find any cancer in my body at all. Of the four tumors in my liver, gone. The ones in my lungs, gone. My shoulder, gone. My breast, gone. And my lymph nodes, no evidence of disease. And this whole thing, I don't want people to think it's about me and I, I've been so strong because that's not what it even is. You know, God has carried me through this whole thing um, and he's the one who's healed me from cancer. He's the one who's taken, taken away. Yeah, we have medicines and stuff like chemotherapy, but he could have decided for my cancer to have gotten worse, but he is the ultimate healer. He is the one who ultimately, ultimately healed me. I did not beat this in any way, shape, or form. It's about him. He is the one who healed me because it's all about God and his glory. Um, this whole thing is about how awesome God is and um, he is the one shining and um, he just decided to um, use me in this whole thing but it's all about him being shown um, that he is the most important one in this whole thing because he, it's all about him. 
When I found out that God had taken all the cancer away, um, I can't even explain what that what that means. Um, and when I look back on the six months up to that point, was like, how did I get through this? But I didn't get through this because God is the one who who carried me through this whole thing, who was there at night when I just would break down and couldn't take it. He was there to say, I got it all under control, girl. <laughs> so just let me do this because this is about me right now. It's not about me. It's not about me, but it's about him. And many people might say, oh, you're going to beat this. You've got a good chance of beating this. But you know what? It's not about me. I'm not the one who beat this. God is the one who healed me. He is the one who decided to allow me to have cancer in the first place. And it was through this whole process. He could have healed me right away, but he didn't. He decided to heal me six months later. And it's all about him. It's all about us being in all of God, about his glory, not about me. I did nothing but just allow God to carry me through this whole thing. My story is God's story. The kingdom of the heavens is now advancing. Wow, <laughs> what a video, huh? What a story. The real truth is what a God. We're doing a series this month. We're going to call God's story. That's what we're talking about. God's story in our lives. And we're going to be looking at God's story in the life of some people at day three. Each Sunday, something special that God's done, like you see in this video. You've probably heard this phrase before. History is his story. And it is. Because he, God, the very creator of time, all history is his story. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. This, this book that you have that we call a, the Bible God's Word, it is all His story. It's all about Jesus. And that's going to be our focus this month. Today we uh, are focusing on the life of Catherine Peake, on the cancer that she went through. A lot of you have been praying for her for months. We even had a sign-up to ask people to kindly sign up and pray uh, around the clock when we first found out about her cancer. I had the privilege to meet Mike and Catherine Peake right after he moved into this area to become the principal at South Caldwell High School. And uh, kind of through that, in just a matter of a few months, they became uh, members of day three, and, I, and I've had the privilege to be their pastor for several years now. I can remember being in their living room, in their home with them, when they thought, during the pregnancy of Micah, they thought that she had miscarried. I can remember praying that night and her being scheduled to go the next day to the hospital for what they thought would be a surgery to remove, I started to say a dead fetus, but I don't even like the term fetus, a dead baby. But instead... Mike remembered the doctor saying, well, you know, we'll run another ultrasound before you go into the surgery. And they were about to usher on in. And Mike remembered that. And he said, but I thought we were going to do this. And he requested it. And when they did, they found the heartbeat. And they had miscalculated, they thought, the time frame of her pregnancy. And they found the heartbeat that day. And you saw on the video, Micah, as a result of it. Then, just a little while after having their second child, their daughter Carrington, you heard in the story that she had found out that she had cancer. I, I've got to be honest with you guys, because I'm thinking when that happened, God, they, they, 
they miscarried their first baby and they thought they had the second baby and now you've, you've just given them this third child. See, the first one is really still their child in heaven. And now you've given them this third child and they're so young. How in the world should this be happening to her? And I remember being in the doctor's office with him when he told her, yes, it was cancer. And I remember finding out about a week or so later after they had ran tests how serious the cancer was and in how many places the cancer was in her body. There were about four spots on her liver, two spots in her lung, the one there in her breast, a spot in her shoulder. And I rode to their house that night after I heard that news and I remember thinking as I was riding to their house and praying on the way there, crying on the way there. And God gave me this thought. There's a lot of people because of their position in the community that know them, that will hear about this. And I have a big platform to do something to get people's attention. So we prayed that night. And God didn't heal her right away. But we prayed that night there in their living room. And many of you have been praying for a while, and then months later, we get the news that she had this scan, and on the scan, it showed absolutely no cancer. I was here in the office when I received the call, and I walked out kind of into the lobby in the connection area while I was talking to her, and I was, I was told there's no cancer. I'm not lying to you guys. My knees literally buckled. I almost fell. And I stood in my office, and I glorified God. And that's what this message is about today. Glorifying God. Because if you heard what she said in the video, it's not about her, it's about Him. It's about God, and it's about God's glory. And God moved in a way, at least to this point, that brings a lot of glory to himself. But before I kind of jump into the main part of the message, I want to be sure no one gets their theology wrong and gets off base and start thinking, well, you know, yeah, it glorifies God because now they're saying no cancer. But what if? Listen, you need to understand something. God can glorify himself through healing us, and God can glorify himself through our deaths. And if God were to allow the cancer to come back at some point in Catherine's life and even allow it to take her life, it is still this, guys. We can still say, to God be the glory. And you may be wondering, how in the world can you say that if the cancer were to come back and if she were to lose her life as a result of it? Here's why I can say that. The God of all the universe loved us so supremely that he sent his son and nailed his son to a cross and paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins so that through faith in him we can have everlasting life. You need to understand something. God taking his children to glory, God taking his children to heaven is a bigger miracle than God healing somebody here. And that is why if it were to go the other way at some point in time beyond today, we can still say to God be the glory because Catherine has faith in Jesus Christ and I know and she knows where she'll go if something were to happen to her beyond this day and it is still to God be the glory. So being sure you understand that. That God doesn't just have to heal somebody to glorify himself. Man, when he takes us, the stinking sinners that we are, because of Jesus, into his presence, that's ultimate glory. We're going to look at one verse today. I'm going to read it to start with in three, in three different translations. And then we're going to just kind of look at two main thoughts and, uh, and just a little bit to go with it. But uh, Romans 8, 18. The NIV says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The New Century Version says this, The sufferings we have now are nothing compared to the great glory that will be shown to us. And the King James put it like this, For I reckon 
I, I had to bring that one in. I know it's an old translation, but, you know, it sounds like to me, uh, you know, Paul was from the south, maybe from Caldwell County. Because he says, I reckon. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want you to notice two things. First of all, I want you to think about the now. The now. He, he used that phrase there, our present sufferings. The word present is just a primary particle in the Greek that means literally the present time or now. That's why I'm saying the now. And the word sufferings talks about something undergone. I mean, right now, in this life, we undergo junk sometimes. We undergo trouble and tribulation and trials in our lives. Something undergone. It talks about hardship or pain in your life. And it can also be an emotion. You can go through emotional suffering or influences that you face in life that cause you to suffer and face some kind of affliction. All I'm telling you is right now in the now... That happens in life. In the now, cancer comes sometimes. In the now, you have suffering. In the now, you face those kinds of trials and afflictions and difficulty in your life. That happens in the now. We can face that for a lot of various reasons. We go through suffering in the now for different reasons. Sometimes, as Christians, we can go through suffering because we can be persecuted as a result of standing for Jesus. Matter of fact, the verse right before our main verse today, verse 17 of Romans chapter 8, says this, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Man, just think about that. God adopted you into his family. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that next week. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Jesus suffered. Jesus was persecuted. He warned us up front. I mentioned it in the last series one Sunday. He told us up front, don't be surprised when the world hates us because the world hated him. So in the now, sometimes you'll face suffering and persecution. Because of persecution, you'll face suffering. You'll face trials and tribulation and difficulties in your life, sometimes because you're standing for Jesus. But we also can face it because of sin. Uh, you may, you know, some of you kind of looking like, what do you mean? Listen, until Adam chose to sin, there was no such thing as disease. There was no such thing as death. And in with the judgment, the penalty that was passed upon not just Adam, but this whole creation because of sin, suffering exists in the world today. So because of sin, man choosing sin, we face issues and problems and trials and even illness in our lives. I want you to notice three groans that Paul writes about in Romans chapter 8, verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. I'm sorry, Jessica, I had to read that. Though. <laughs> That's my oldest daughter, going to have a baby before long. I'm sorry to this Jessica also. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just you, the Bible says pain. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. As in the pains of a childbirth right up to the present time. Why was creation groaning? Because of man's sin. Because all of creation fell underneath the penalty of sin and is affected by sin. So right now in the now, even all of creation groans. You ever been out going through a field and go through some briars and get hung up in the briars? You can thank Adam for that. Because of his sin, it's part of the curse. Look at the next groan. 
Not only so, but we ourselves, not this creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Talking about Christians. See, a lot of people get the idea, well, I've received Christ as my Savior now. I've got the first fruits of the Spirit. Everything's cool in my life. Look what he says here. But we ourselves, who are believers, we have received the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly. And not just because of suffering, but he's talking about a groan we have here as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Why do we groan for that? Why do we as Christians, or should we as Christians, long one day to go home and be with Jesus? Here's why. Because of the stinking junk in the now. A lot better place over there, guys. We ought to have that groaning inside of ourselves. The Bible even tells us the Holy Spirit groans for us. Look at the next verse. In the same way, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been maybe so much in turmoil in your life because of something that's going on, some issue, some problem, some junk, some trial, some illness, whatever it might be, but you are going through so much junk you don't even feel like you know how to pray. And the Bible tells us, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. We can't do anything but groan. The Holy Spirit. Is praying for us. All I'm trying to tell you is that in the now, we have suffering. In the now, we have affliction. In the now, we have cancer many times. Look at the plight of creation that he points out here. We won't read all these verses, but he uses the word suffering in verse 18. The word vanity, or depending on your translation, the word frustration in, in verse number 20. Do you ever feel like everything going on in your life is just vain? What's the use? you ever get frustrated just about life? We have bondage. It literally says the bondage of decay. But we have bondage, you know, like parameters, boundaries, things that push against us in life. We have this decay going on because our lives, whether you like to think about it or not, moment by moment, day by day, you're getting older, your body's getting older, and you're working closer and closer toward this thing called death. We have pain in the now. That's the plight of creation. Pain exists. In the now, all of this stuff are things that we deal with and we might have to deal with in greater ways than we desire to or we'd ever want to who wants to receive a report like Catherine received that she had cancer to that degree but that was the now for her the now for her was that she had cancer and the cancer that Catherine had is a result of man's sin. Now you hear me out, she'll be here the next service to hear me say this, but you hear me out and she'll fully agree with me. I'm not saying that Catherine was, that she came down with cancer because of some sin in her life. I am saying because of mankind's sin, that is why cancer exists. Is Catherine a sinner? You bet. Are you a sinner? You bet. Am I a sinner? You bet. All of sin. And, and, and Catherine will agree with that. You know, first and foremost, all of us have sinned. But because of that, because of sin in this world, because of our choice towards sin, that's why suffering exists. But see, here's the deal. Here's the way our focus needs to be as Christians. In the now, even though we can face suffering and things like cancer, in the now, our mindset, our focus does not need to be to where we just focus on the situation. We just focus on the junk. We just focus on the cancer. We have to look beyond the situation and look to Jesus and look to our God who can make a difference. 
It will benefit you not one bit if you are going through some trial, some pain, even cancer. If all you do is sit around in a pity party and all you do is look at and focus on the situation that you're in, the circumstances that you're in. What we have to do as believers is practice faith, look beyond it, and look to God and pray to God and have our hope in Him and expect for Him to do something to change it. Instead of focusing on our current junk, we need to focus on Jesus. Instead of just focusing upon the current hurts or pain that we might have in our lives, we need to focus upon a place called heaven that we can go if, in fact, we know Christ as our Savior. So to begin with this morning, that's the now. Paul writes about our present sufferings. That's the now. But let's don't stay stuck in the now. I want us to look at the rest of what is said here in Romans 8.18. And we need to move on from the now to the wow. To the wow. What Paul writes in this verse, if you know Christ is your Savior, ought to cause you to say, wow. Man, how great our God is. Wow, what he's done for us in Christ. Look at all the verse. I consider that our present sufferings, that's the now, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So we talk about the wow. I want you to notice three things. First of all, the wow comes from a calculation. It comes from a calculation. He writes there, I consider. The word consider means this. Next slide, please. It means consider, or the King James said reckon. The Greek word is the same word we get our English word logic from. And it literally means to take an inventory. It means to estimate to count or number, and to come to a conclusion. See, Paul's inventory in the situation. Have you ever been in a business when they're taking the inventory, you know, before first of the year, and they've got all these tags all over the place, and they're running around with these counters, and they're counting everything up? Guys, when, when they inventory their stock, they do it very systematically because they want to have a full picture of what's taking place. People do not inventory their business stock. A merchandiser does it, but just coming out and looking out the floor and say, well, yep, I've got this much. He takes time to count and specifically calculate and take inventory. See, you need to understand how huge that is. Paul is not just giving some wildfire emotional statement here connected with maybe some type of, you know, hyper-religious type experience in his life. He has calculated this out. He's looking at it. And you need to understand this also. The Apostle Paul is no armchair quarterback when it comes to suffering because the Apostle Paul clearly knew what it was to suffer for Jesus' sake, to be thrown in prison, to be stoned. He understood what it was to be hunted and to be persecuted. So it's not like someone sitting back trying to judge what a quarterback does and being an armchair quarterback. He was intimately associated with suffering. So this Paul, who had an intimate first-hand knowledge of suffering, he's calculating this out. He pulls out his spiritual calculator, and he's doing an inventory, and he's adding it all up. And here's the conclusion, here's the logic that Paul comes up with. He says, I consider that the present sufferings that we're going through right now and the now, that they don't even compare to the glory that's going to be revealed one day in us because of Christ. He calculates it out. Not only a calculation, but he also makes a comparison. The wow comes from a calculation, but the wow comes from a comparison. He says it's not worth comparing with. 
the present suffering, the junk we're going through, cancer or whatever it is, whatever your now situation might be in the now, it does not even begin to compare with the glory that awaits you if you're a child of God. Look what these words mean. The word not in the Greek is an absolute negative. It's like saying no way, no how. Absolutely not. The word for worthy means deserving, comparable, or suitable. So he's saying the now that we're in is absolutely not deserving or comparable or even suitable to be thought of in the same realm as the glory that awaits us as Christians. The word with literally means toward or by the side of. It, it, it's like you're, you're thinking about putting two things side by side to compare them. And Paul is saying the now that you're in, the junk that you're in now, if in fact you're a Christian, you know Christ is your Savior, the now, he's saying there's no reason it ought to even be put beside the glory because they're so distinctive and so different. I mean, think about comparing something for a moment. How can you compare a mud puddle to the ocean? How can you compare a candlelight to the sun? How can you compare a laser beam to a pin light? How can you compare a mighty Russian river to a squirt gun? And yet all of those things that I just mentioned, all those things to a certain degree are kind of similar in nature. But what Paul is saying is this. He's saying what I'm talking about, the now that you're in, the present suffering that you're in, does not even belong in the same league with the glory that will be. They're two completely opposite things. That's why he's saying there's no comparing the two. And if we could just remind ourselves of that when we're going through things like cancer. Some of us groveled around more in pity than the peaks did because of their cancer. And I've even heard them say, you know, people were saying, well, why should this happen to you? Why did this take place? Why did that, you know, take place? You know, oh, how, how terrible this is. And they said they were kind of sitting back listening to people the whole time with the mindset of, but God's in charge. Believing that God was going to do something about it. That's why we need to understand these words. He's telling us the now, our present sufferings, they are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will one day be revealed in us. See, the now is temporary. Facing cancer in this life is temporary. A relationship with Jesus Christ is eternal. What God will do for you, the glory that awaits us, is everlasting and eternal. The junk we face now is only temporary. The now is connected to things like maybe how other people treat us, or tragedy that hits our lives, or disease and illness that hits our lives. That's what the now is connected to. The wow, the future, the future glory is connected to an almighty God in his heaven that he's prepared for us because of what his son did for us on the cross. That's what the future is. And he's saying these two things don't even compare. Look what Paul writes in these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 said, Therefore we do not lose heart. You lost your job. If you're a Christian, don't lose heart. You find that you've got cancer and you're a Christian, don't lose heart. Your spouse walks away from you and you're a Christian, don't lose heart. Somebody mistreats you and you know you're a Christian and you have a relationship with God, don't lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we're wasting away. Oh, so that's what he's talking about. 
So when I get up in the mirror and I see wrinkles I didn't used to see and a little bit of gray starting to creep in here, and I kind of have to keep shaving my beard down to try and get rid of the gray. I want to keep just a little bit of it. And now I, I still got some gray here, so I guess I need to get some tweezers and go in and just get the gray out or whatever. And I look and I see hair not on top of my head where it used to be and things like that taking place in my life. And I kind of feel changes physically taking place in my life and stuff like that. He's telling me I'm not to lose heart. For our light and momentary troubles. Get that. It might be bad. Even like stage four cancer. And even if God doesn't heal you. And you have it for years until the day you die. It's a light and momentary trouble. In light of all eternity. For our light and momentary troubles. They're actually doing something for us. God's using them. Or achieving for us in eternal glory. That far outweighs them all. Far outweighs the now. The wow part far outweighs the now. So here's what we need to do. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. You don't fix your eyes on your body wasting away. You don't fix your eyes on cancer. You don't fix your eyes on whatever the situation might be that's right there before you. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that must be the mindset we have when it comes to suffering, when it comes to facing things like cancer in our lives. Don't stay focused on what is seen, stay focused on what is not seen because that's what lasts forever. And if you'll do that, you can glorify God right in the midst of cancer, right on your deathbed. Well, no matter whatever you're going through, you can still give God the glory if you focus on what is unseen, what is eternal. The wow is connected to a calculation that Paul made. He calculated it up. He figured it up. The wow is connected to comparison. He said these two things don't even compare. The now and the wow. The future that I have for you. If you've received Christ as Savior. The glory that awaits you. But the wow is also connected to a certainty. To a certainty. Because in the last part of that verse, he writes the glory that will be revealed in us. The glory that will be revealed in us. Look at what the word glory means. It's a great word doxo. We get our English word doxology from it. Now, you know, most of you probably growing up in a church might have gone to a church. The church I grew up in as a child Every week, I mean every week, guys, every week, they would come out, and the first thing they'd do when they started the service in that little country, Southern Baptist Church, was to sing the doxology. What it means is this. It means glory as very apparent. It's built on a root word that means to think, to seem, or to show. In other words, here's the deal about glory. God, through His glory, through the things that He does in our lives and in this world, God is wanting to make Himself more apparent to us. He's wanting to make Himself so undeniable we can't help but see Him. We can't help but recognize how huge he is, how great he is. That's what the word glory means. He's making himself very apparent because he wants us to think about how great he is. He wants it to seem to us to where we open our eyes and understand. He's wanting to show to us how great and how glorious he is and by the way as he is working in our lives that's the same goal that he has if he's working through your life to heal something like cancer that he has to this point in Catherine Peake's life it's not so people will say oh look at Catherine Peake it is so this would happen it is so that people would look at what God has done and say oh how great Jesus is oh how great our God is he wants to make himself very apparent through our lives. He wants to use our lives to cause people to think or to show to other people how great He is. That's what God wants to do. 
the glory he said that will be. That little phrase will be in the Greek means to attend to. It means to be about, to do something. It even speaks of duty or necessity. It's built on a root word that means to be of interest or concern or to take care of. So when you apply that to God, when you apply it to the fact that God is wanting to reveal His glory in us, the glory that will be in us, you get this idea. God is attending to our life, into our situations, in a way that will glorify Himself. God is attending to what we are going through. God is about doing something. God looks at it as though He has a duty to do something through our lives to glorify Himself. It's though it is a necessity. God is interested in glorifying Himself through your life, through your cancer, through your pain, through your tribulation, through your trial, through your job loss, through your relationship breakup, through whatever it is. God is interested. He's concerned about it. He is taking care that he glorifies himself through your life. That's God's desire. Did you notice it didn't say that may be revealed in us? We're talking about a certainty. That's why it ought to be a wow factor in our lives. Yeah, the now might say cancer, but it ought to be a wow factor in your life when you understand something that Paul looks beyond the present sufferings to the glory he said that will be absolutely a certainty will be revealed in us, those who know Christ as their Savior. See, there's coming a day because the word reveal means this. It means to take the cover off. It means to disclose something. You've seen on television, you might have been to a museum before or an art show, and there's this piece of artwork that the artist has been working, painting on, working on, you know, laboring over, trying to get it where it's ready and it looks just right, to where the painting is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And then comes the moment for that painting or that sculpture or whatever it is that's been made and worked on until it is just like it's supposed to be. There comes that moment that the artist reaches over and takes the cover off and what you knew was maybe some kind of artwork taking place you knew there was something there you couldn't fully see what it was supposed to be like you couldn't see the finished product but then that artist pulls the cover off and you look at it and you see that artwork in all of its glory that is exactly the description of what God will do with us one day Right now, you and I, to a lot of people, may look like we've got a little bit of cover over us and people can't fully see the glory that will be revealed in us. But there is coming a day when God will have completely finished His work in our lives. There is coming a day when God is going to pull the cover back and reveal for all creation to see exactly fully what He's done in the life of every believer. There's coming a day that he is going to pull the cover back and it will be revealed one day. And when that happens, our present suffering in the now is going to be forgotten about. It's going to be eradicated by the glory that exists in that moment, in that day, that he had planned for you all along in Christ. There's no comparison between the two, Paul said, between the suffering and the glory that will be revealed one day. Because in that day, when he pulls the cover back, the Bible says this, you and I, as messed up as we might feel right now, you and I, if you know Christ as your Savior, in the day that He reveals us fully and takes the cover away, we will look like Jesus. Look what's said. Dear friends, now we are children of God. Even though that's true, we're not fully complete yet. The work's not done yet. The ultimate artist God is still working on our lives. We're children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. 
But we know that when He appears, when He comes back, when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. Think about that. The very glory that belongs only to Jesus, we will be made like Christ. We will be made joint heirs with Christ, adopted fully into the family in that day and look like we completely fit into the family. Hey, if you receive Christ, you're adopted right now. You belong to the family right now. Our issue is we have some resemblance issues sometimes. We have some problems where we don't fully look like our daddy. There's coming a day that we'll completely, totally look like our father exactly the way he wants us to look when he pulls the cover back. God's glory. That's what the message is about today. The sufferings we face right now in this life have no comparison. They should be fully overshadowed if you're a Christian by the glory of that's on the way. And the Bible tells us whatever we do, we ought to do for God's glory. He says, whether you eat or drink or whatever. I mean, a lot of times we just keep that in the realm of, okay, if I come to church and I greet people or I hand out the updates or I work in the sound booth or I sing on the stage or I bring a message or I teach children, that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. Whatever I do like that is for God's glory. No, you're not reading it fully. It says whatever. That means wherever you are each and every day of your life, whether you are at work, at school, or wherever it might be, at play, you are supposed to have an ultimate goal of glorifying God. It also means this. Even if you're in cancer, as a Christian, you ought to face it in a way that glorifies God. That brings glory to Him. In Catherine's life, right now, in her story, I can see it. I hope you can see it. Do you see God's glory? Can I tell you something? You might think it looks glorious now what God has done. Just wait. I'm talking about when she dies. Or Jesus comes back and takes her out and raptures her out along with the rest of us that know Christ, the church. I'm talking about if you think she looks glorious right now, just wait. Just wait till you see her one day in heaven. Just wait until you see her one day and she looks just like Jesus. You think she, she's revealing God's glory to us now. Just wait. See, that's her story. But it's not just her story. That's my story and your story if you know Christ as Savior. To let Him glorify God in our lives. She said it in the video. It's not about me. It's about Him. Man, we need to get that down in our lives. It's not about us. You being here this morning should not be about you if you're already a Christian. It's about Him. It's about bringing glory to Him. It's about glorifying Him. And one day, as I said earlier, if God were to let the cancer come back, and even one day if Catherine were to die from cancer, guys, here's our focus as Christians. It is still that we say, to God be the glory. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Not because of Catherine. It's not God be the glory because of Catherine. It's God be the glory because of the results of Jesus Christ in her life. Ultimately taking her home to glory and being made just like Jesus. I'm fully aware today's graduate Sunday. I am. Uh, I know of, probably only have one of the teenagers here, and that was Jared, and we'll have some college students and some uh, of, the, of the seniors here at the, the, the next service. So 
You know, if I talk about all the suffering and stuff I talked about earlier, I'm going to say, guys, welcome to the real world. <laughs> but I'm also going to tell them this. They need to view their lives like this. No matter what the now is, if they know Christ is their Savior, they need to stay focused on the wow. They need to stay focused on His ultimate glory, no matter what it is they're facing in the now. So how about you this morning? Can you say, to God be the glory in my life? Is your life God's story? I mean, right now, where you are this moment in the now in your life, can you say that your life is God's story? Can you say that you know beyond any doubt whatsoever that you trusted in Christ as your Savior? And because of that, you can look beyond the now and be wowed by what He has waiting on us in the future. Because if you can't say that, there's something very important that God wants you to do when the band starts to play in just a moment. God wants you to receive Christ as your Savior. He wants you to move beyond the now of your sin and get into the glory that He has planned for you one day if you'll receive Christ as your Savior. So if you cannot say today that you know that God's story is your story, there's something for you to do. And those of us that can say that undeniably, without any doubt whatsoever, there's still some things for us to do. Maybe you're going through some junk and trials and tribulation in your life right now. Maybe you need to, along with the Apostle Paul, pull out a spiritual calculator and start doing an inventory and look at all the junk and look at the future glory. Look at all the junk, total it all up, and look at the future glory and realize, hey, it's okay because of what awaits you out in the future. Let's pray. Father, God, we want to praise you and thank you for working in the life of, of Catherine Peak by bringing about what seems to be a healing from cancer. But Father, beyond that, we want to thank you more so for what you've done in her life through Jesus. So no matter what happens concerning cancer, there's still glory to you for what you have done through your Son. Father, I pray right now that there's someone here that does not know Christ as Savior, that you would give them the faith they need right now to say yes to Jesus. Help them move beyond the now, right now, their sin into the wow of being in a relationship with you through Christ. God, help those of us who already know you that may be wrestling with situations and issues Father, I'm fully aware today that some may have come this way today discouraged and beaten down and defeated because of issues and problems or maybe even an illness that's going on in their life or the life of a family member. Father, I pray you help believers today that are here wrestling with issues. Help them to move beyond the present suffering. Help them to move beyond the now to the wow that you have for them. Because of your glory that's waiting to be revealed fully in our lives. One day when you take the cover off and we look just like Jesus. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As the band plays, I'll be here at the front. Daryl will be here at the front. We'd like nothing better than to tell you how to receive Christ as your Savior if you have any questions about that. Or to pray with you about some issue that you have in your life. More importantly, there's a place up through here that you can come and kneel. And you can come right now and bring whatever trial, tribulation, issue, problem that's going on in your life or in your family and move beyond the now to the wow that God wants you to have and focus on the glory, the ultimate glory that He has planned for your life. Will you do that as this thing? Please stand. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Dayton Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.